For our scripture reading this morning, we turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness upon children's children. To such as keep his covenant, and to those that remember his commandments to do them, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We consider as our text this morning, verses 8 and 9, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, David opens up this soul-stirring and gospel-saturated psalm with a call to himself to bless the Lord, to bless the Lord with all that is within him, to bless the Lord with all of his soul, and to forget not any of the benefits that God has bestowed upon him the benefits of forgiving his sins and healing his diseases, redeeming his life from destruction and crowning him with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfying his soul with good things 
and renewing his youth like the eagles. And when David opens up the psalm with those beautiful words, he is summoning us to join him, to take those words upon our own lips, to sing them to our own souls, to call out to our own hearts, to bless the Lord, and to remember the many, many reasons that we have to praise the Lord. David then proceeds in the psalm to teach us some of the most marvelous perfections and attributes of God that are revealed in the Holy Scriptures. He teaches us that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy, a God of forgiveness and redemption. But when David speaks to us about these wonderful attributes of God, he does not teach them to us, nor does the rest of Scripture usually teach them to us in an abstract manner. That is, Scripture doesn't teach us these attributes of God as those attributes are within the being of God, before the foundation of the world, as they were in him before there was ever a man created. But rather, the Scripture teaches us about these attributes of God as they come to expression in action in the world, and more particularly in the fallen world, and more particularly in respect to us, his fallen, sinful, distressed people as we live in the midst of the world. And so we're going to consider them from that point of view. And we take as our theme this morning, Jehovah, merciful, gracious, and slow to anger. Notice two points. First, how these attributes were revealed to Israel in the Old Testament. And then secondly, how they are manifested to us in Christ. In our text, David extols the Lord as merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy, because David has come to know this about the Lord his God from the scriptures that were written before him, the scriptures that were written by Moses. And he also mentions that in verse 7, prior to our text, He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. God made known that he is merciful and gracious through Moses to Israel in the Old Testament. He made known these attributes to Israel at Mount Sinai. You remember the history of the children of Israel at Mount Sinai that as Moses went up into the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, and God made known his ways to Moses there and wrote his own commandments on two tables of stone, down at the bottom of the mountain, the children of Israel became discontent and impatient with Moses. And they cried out to Aaron and said, Up, make us gods that we may worship. And Aaron said, give me your jewels and give me your gold and your silver. And they gave him their earrings and their necklaces and he took it and he melted it and he made a golden calf. 
And he lifted up that golden calf in the midst of the camp of Israel. And they began to sing and to dance and to shout, running around that calf together, taking off their clothes and in their nakedness, fornicating with each other and performing all the abominations that they saw in Egypt there at the foot of the mountain. And they provoked God to fierce anger against them for their sins as he was making known his ways to Moses. And God said to Moses, I will destroy this people in my wrath, and I will make a new nation out of you. But Moses besought the Lord and prayed to the Lord on behalf of the children of Israel that he would not destroy his people that he took up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord relented of his fierce indignation. And the Lord proclaimed to Moses, Exodus 33, verse 19, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And God said to Moses, I'm going to hide you in a cleft of the rock, and I'm going to proclaim myself to you. I'm going to reveal to you who I am and what I am. You cannot see me face to face, but you will see my hinder parts as I pass by. And as God passed by Moses, he proclaimed in Exodus 34, verse 6, to Moses, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering or slow to anger, and abundant in goodness and truth. And God was merciful and gracious to those in the children of Israel to whom he chose to be merciful and gracious. Not to all of them, but to those whom he chose to be gracious and merciful to, he forgave their sins and blotted out their iniquities and revealed himself as a merciful and gracious God. And David read these scriptures and David came to know who God is and what God is to us, his people. And so he wrote down the beautiful words of Psalm 103 and he sings and he extols these magnificent perfections of God. The Lord is merciful, he says. That is, when the Lord looks down from heaven upon his people, falling into sin, falling into foolishness and iniquity, dancing and fornicating and serving other gods like the heathen, performing all kinds of wickedness and drunkenness and transgressing his laws in their anger and their pride and their envy. God looks upon them as they become stubborn in their sins and miseries, as they become burdened under the crushing weight of their sin, doomed to death and destruction. And God is merciful toward them. God has a heart of overflowing compassion toward them. God takes pity upon them as a father takes pity upon his children when they walk in wickedness and sin. And in his great mercy, God wills to lift them up out of their sins and miseries. He wills to remove their sins and transgressions from them. He wills to save and rescue them from the death and destruction that they deserve. He wills to wipe away all their tears and to crown them 
with blessings and to make them happy for all eternity. The Lord is merciful, David says, and gracious. He is also gracious as he looks down from heaven upon his children, seeing them in their sins and their wickedness, totally incapable of doing anything at all to merit or to earn a single blessing from God. Totally incapable of doing anything at all to deserve life and happiness and blessedness from God. And he is gracious toward them. That is, he is favorable towards them. He is kind toward them. And he wills to give them freely what they don't deserve. To give them freely what they cannot merit. The free forgiveness of all their sins. Justification sanctification, the healing of their diseases, beauty for ashes, and joy for mourning. The Lord is merciful and gracious toward his people, his sinful people. The Lord manifested his mercy and grace to the children of Israel throughout their history, not just there at Mount Sinai, in the case of the golden calf, but also when they came into the land, in the period of the judges, when again and again the children of Israel provoked the Lord to fierce anger against them, when they worshipped Balaam and Ashtaroth, when they committed the abominations of the heathen, when they offered up their children to Molech, and the Lord in his fierce anger sent the Moabites and the Edomites and the Canaanites to oppress them. For five, ten, twenty years he oppressed them through these heathen lords. But through that oppression he was chastening them in his mercy and grace. Humbling them, leading them to repentance until at last they cried out to God for mercy. Have mercy upon us, Lord. And he showed mercy and grace by raising up judges to deliver them from their enemies, to give them peace and rest once again. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. How can David write that God is slow to anger when time and time again he himself could see through the scriptures that God is provoked to anger? He's kindled to a fierce indignation against the sins of his people. Indeed, we must make no mistake at what David means when he writes that God is slow to anger. We must remember that every sin provokes him to wrath. A wrath that will consume the sinner in the fires and flames of everlasting damnation. And we must not forget what else the scriptures teach. Psalm 7, verse 11. God is angry with the wicked every day. Deuteronomy 29, verse 23, speaks of the fact that God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, those cities of the plain which had given themselves over to vile affections and perversions of the flesh. He destroyed them in his wrath with fire and brimstone. And John 3, verse 36, 
where we read that those who refuse to believe in the Son of God, the wrath of God abideth on them. And Ephesians 5, verse 6, which says that, Thus cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. And that wrath of God will push the disobedient and impenitent into the flames of hell. And yet, David writes, The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger. And what he means is that the Lord is slow to anger toward his people. He is slow to anger toward those who fear him. He is slow to anger to those who put their trust in him. And David doesn't mean by that now that it takes a long time to make God angry or that it takes a lot to make him angry, that God is pretty easygoing about our sins and that it takes a pretty big sin to make him angry or that we have to sin for a pretty long time to make him angry as if God day after day winks at our sins and then finally he gets angry when we test him to the limits. He doesn't mean that. Every sin that we commit provokes God to anger. But when he says that God is slow to anger toward us, his children, who fear him, he means that we who fear the Lord and yet we still struggle against our sins and we fall back into our sins and yet we hate those sins and we fight against them and we struggle some more. God is patient with us. He is long-suffering toward us. And finally, the Lord is plenteous in mercy, David writes. Plenteous in mercy. Abundant in mercy. And that word mercy there is not the same word as earlier in the text, but a different word that can be translated loving kindness or love. Faithful, steadfast, abounding love. Covenant love. He is plenteous in such love toward us. He is an overflowing fountain of loving kindness toward us. Even as he has loved us from everlasting, so he will love us to everlasting. Even as God has willed to do good to us in the past, he wills to do good to us in the present, and he will in the future. Though we sin against him, while we were yet sinners, God commendeth his love toward us. And it abounds in loving kindness toward us so that the scriptures proclaim that his mercy is everlasting and his truth, his faithfulness endures to all generations and his love never fails. God proclaimed himself as merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy to Israel throughout the Old Testament. Psalm 145, verse 8, says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. And he was such, too, throughout the period of the kings, after the period of the judges. The period of the kings and prophets, when the children of Israel fell into sin again. And they worshipped Balaam and Ashtaroth again and committed the abominations of the heathen. Then we read, too, 
Joel 2, verse 13. The prophets who stood up amongst God's people said, Thus saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. And God showed, too, that he was not only merciful and gracious to one nation, to the Israelites, but that he would be merciful and gracious to all the nations. When he raised up Jonah and sent him to Nineveh, and Jonah showed his displeasure with God's desire to be gracious and merciful to others, and so he fled on his way to Tarshish, But in the storm, he was cast overboard into the sea and swallowed by the great fish for three days and three nights until he was vomited up onto the dry land. And then he went to Nineveh. Although he didn't really want to, he went and he preached. And the Ninevites repented of their sins. And Jonah became angry at God and said this, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. You see, God reveals himself throughout the Old Testament as gracious and merciful. And at the end of the Old Testament, Nehemiah 9, verse 17, again, The children of Israel prayed, Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. But how can this be? How can God be merciful and gracious and slow to anger to sinners like us? And the answer to that question is that he has manifested this in Christ. Beloved, we must see ourselves in the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Singing and dancing and playing around the golden calf. That's you and that's me. Falling again and again into all these different sins and forsaking the Lord and turning to idols and in our pride and in our stubbornness, refusing to repent until the Lord chastens us in his hot anger and humbles us to repentance. That's, that's you and that's me. Just as the children of Israel provoked the Lord to anger by their sins, you do that and I do that. Every time we sin. And we must never minimize our sins or the intensity of the wrath that they deserve. Rather, we must look at Christ, and we must see in Christ on the cross the seriousness of our sin. That's what our sin merited. The crucifixion of the Son of God. You see, Moses was a type of Christ Moses, who was the mediator between God and Israel in the Old Testament, who there at Mount Sinai besought the Lord and begged him and prayed and interceded for Israel, don't destroy thy people, O Lord. But Moses was just a man and a sinner like us. 
And all Moses could do was pray and pray and pray. He was a type of one much better than him. He was a type of Jesus. He was a type of the Son of God come down from heaven into our flesh. And God has manifested himself merciful and gracious and abounding in loving kindness in Christ. Because God himself came down into the world and stepped into our flesh and stepped into our place in order to suffer the heat of his divine and eternal wrath that we deserve against our sins on the cross. Because only he himself in our human nature could endure that wrath, could suffer it to the end, could exhaust it and appease it God himself had to bear God's own wrath that we deserve in order to show mercy and grace to us. How great are our sins? Look at the cross of Jesus Christ. Look at the Son of God in human flesh, suffering, dying, shedding his blood, bearing the full brunt of divine anger against our sin. God was not slow to anger with his son. Although he was his beloved son in whom he was well pleased, who had never committed a single sin against him, yet he caused him to experience the fullness of his wrath and judgment against our sins. He was not slow to wrath against Christ on the cross, but he poured out in a moment the fullness of his wrath, especially in the darkness. And he did that for your sakes and for mine. In that brief moment, three hours of darkness on the cross of Calvary, God poured out his wrath upon Christ until he cried out in the darkness, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then it is finished. That and that alone is how God can be merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy toward us. Because of Christ and the blood he shed on the cross, the rest of the psalm is true. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so far hath, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Because of the cross, because of Christ, he is slow to anger toward you and toward me. He is patient with us as we struggle with our sins and fight against them day by day. He doesn't pour forth his wrath upon us, but he chastens us in his love and brings us to repentance, and gently leads us to himself. Because of Christ and his cross, he will not always chide with us. He will not always contend against us. He will not keep his anger forever. But as the apostle writes in Romans 8, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? 
It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. These are the things that we must never forget. These are the benefits that we enjoy in Christ. These are the things of which David writes when he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who healeth all thy diseases, forgiveth all thine iniquities, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your soul with good things and renews your youth like the eagle. And that's why we have been given the supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we might partake of the broken bread and the wine in remembrance of him. And may God use this feast to that end. Amen. Our Father, we give thanks to thee for thy goodness and mercy and grace, so wonderfully revealed to us in the gospel. We give thanks to thee for adding to the preached word these visible signs and seals. And as we now come to this table, may we come with humble hearts and grateful hearts, and believing hearts, that we will not cleave to this visible bread and wine, but lift up our hearts to heaven, remembering the Lord Jesus Christ and the great benefits he has given to us.